Well, it's not news you want to wake up to. Kind of sad to hear. Expat liabilities. When do you end? Or when do you finish? What are you fighting so hard for? What are you working so hard for? It's a good question. Ukrainian class. How was it? Finally met a happy teacher from Ukraine. News or music for language learning. Lots of resources. And Beijing. Another sandstorm. Wednesday, April 19th, uh, 2023. I'm Steven Sersky, your expat in Beijing. And uh, some very sad news this morning uh, as I woke up. Uh, and of course, when you first wake up, what do you do? Uh, you press news, of course, but then you check your messages. And one of the first messages I got was from a guy who's no longer in China telling me that uh, a colleague who is still in China had passed away. And like, the, what the, are you, uh, initial reaction was, are you kidding me? Like, and n not that this could, uh, not that this would be a morbid joke at all, but I guess what he had seen is that there was a post from another colleague uh, sort of announcing uh, the death already. And, and th th it's so hard to believe that this happened. Because this the guy who passed away saw him a couple weeks ago at uh, a going away party uh, at Aero Factory. Um, this guy has, I mean, he, he was he was a young guy under forty, has a three year old, has a wife, has a mortgage and everything here in China. Uh, liked China, liked being in China. He wasn't one of these cranky expats who was like just here because you know he had nowhere else to go, <laughs> like some other people we know. <laughs> uh, he, he liked living here. He, he loved the culture and the language and everything. He spoke Chinese with his wife all the time. Uh, he's actually the guy who inspired me to take up the mantle of learning Mandarin Chinese. I remember specifically when it happened. I'm sure I've said this, told the story before, but I'll, I'll repeat it one more time uh, just in case I haven't. It was one of these, these uh, the days where we had a, a massive sort of meeting. I guess you were like one of our uh, locations. We had a lot of people um, sort of uh, join in on that day. And I remember standing outside the meeting rooms uh, asking him about his Mandarin Chinese abilities. And because uh, he was, uh, you know, the reputedly a high level HSK 5, I mean, a couple, four or five years ago, that was huge to me. HSK 5, I'm, I'm fighting through it now. But at that time, I mean, that was a huge, huge jump for me, full respect. And uh, I remember him saying, like, dude, if you want, if you wanted to, if you focused for a year, you could probably hit HSK 4 or 5 within a year. Um, he, he was almost right. <laughs> because, to be fair, there was a lot of, like, non-focus, not focusing that I was doing. And not only that, I was working full-time. Um, the other thing is that he had studied... Uh, Chinese before he came over to China. So this is what I mean, like when he, when I say that he actually liked the culture, he was one of these guys who uh, knew when he was coming to China, like he, he might not have known exactly what he was getting into, but he knew enough, right? He knew about the culture, uh, he knew about the language, he knew about the food. Um, so, you know, he, he knew something about the people as well. It wasn't completely unexpected and it wasn't as if he wasn't willing to embrace it either. Uh, so he came here after, uh, I'm not sure actually how long he was in, in China for, but uh, uh, it was quite a while, quite a while. 
Uh, so that's my good story of the guy uh, and sort of how I, I actually, <laughs> I think it kind of, uh, he, after that, I sort of felt endeared towards him in that I was like, wow, yeah, the, the, this guy had literally gave me that push, like just the, the one talking to, uh, to, to push my Chinese, like to make me focus and to push my language studies into like serious territory. And now he's gone. I mean, I traveled with him quite a few times on work trips and everything. Um, it's He was a nice guy, polite guy. I mean, one of these nice guys that, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago I was seeing another lady I, I knew uh, passed away. Uh, you know, that, the nice people, you know, like these are nice people that you like to have around you. Um, and uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's gone way too early, way too fast, I'll tell you. Apparently it was a heart attack. Don't know. Um, under 40, it's, you know, it's, it's tough. It's tough. What, what's the difference between, you know, oh, it's just a pain. It'll go away and be, and you know, another pain that it's like, and you should go get that checked out. Right. It's, it's scary. Especially when you're an expat, he had the language barrier sort of solved, but imagine someone who doesn't have the language barrier, who's trying to explain something. Uh, he, he goes to the hospital. It almost becomes like a, a a crapshoot like you don't know what's going to happen it's 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 tough it's tough so r.i.p mr lewis or lewis uh lewis was his first name uh gonna miss you um and again like he was one of these guys um what that didn't seem as if he didn't hate what he was doing he was doing what he was doing to provide for his family he was working he was at i think he was even at work yesterday that's the thing is that he was at work yesterday and or maybe it was two days ago. I don't know exactly. I don't know the full timeline, but uh, uh, waking up to that message this morning um, and uh, of all things, like I, I sent his his uh, account a, a message this this morning uh, and his wife later on later on responded saying that no, he, he had left. Uh, he had passed away. So it's uh, uh, just very, very sad. To, to hear uh in, in and in chinese what they they my girlfriend sent this message uh i gotta get the uh the transliteration for it. it's sheng ming hao something royal yeah and i'll have to get the opinion for this because i want to make sure i get it right uh again he, he got me into it so here we go sheng ming hao cui royal yeah so uh how uh life is so fragile basically I've also noticed that Chinese people and their their uh, bereavement is a little bit not the same as uh, the Western sort of uh, method of bereavement. Uh, needless to say, it shook the uh, um, the, the, me and my colleagues. Like I got I was rattled. I'm sitting there going, "Oh my goodness! Like, wow, wow! For all the running you do, for all the health, I mean, you, you just don't know. Life is out to get you. Life, life is out to kill you. Oh, that's brutal." Very, very, very sad. And this does have me thinking. And I, I turn from the emotional aspect uh, to sort of the more practical uh, aspect of things, of being an expat in a country where you might not know the language. Um, maybe you have the money. Maybe you don't have the money. Um, what are you doing in a, in a, a situation like this? Uh, and... There's some issues actually with living in parts of the world that aren't familiar with 
common causes of death, and one of them being heart attack, and the other one being a stroke. Like, and this is this is worrisome because if you sh- like in Canada, there is a campaign uh, that uh, shows you like very often on TV and on the radio, uh, you'll see and hear ads, uh, public ad- service n- announcements, basically that instruct you what the signs of a heart attack are, what the signs of a stroke are, what the signs of different um, maladies, different uh, problems can be and what to do and what number to call, who you should call, uh, what you should do first sort of thing. That doesn't exist here in China. It doesn't exist in a lot of parts of the world. And so, you know, for all the problems that the developed world has, like a lot of those things with uh, like heart attacks, strokes, um, it's just, it's, it's scary to think that something that can be solved uh, sometimes isn't seen for what it is. Uh, and as expats, I mean, hey, we, we took the jump, right? We took the leap of leaving our, our comfort zones, our, our home, homelands, our, our hometowns and everything. So give us credit where credit is due. We, we made that, that move. I, I, did we understand all the risks we were getting into? I mean, did, did we think that we would encounter those problems? I mean, maybe, but uh, it's not something you really think about. So this is, uh, you know, in terms of health insurance, I don't know. Like, I, I'm not going to speak for his family, but uh, I know that a lot of companies, a lot of modern companies do offer health insurance and uh, sort of you're able to buy extra insurance for your family. Uh, and as you add it to your family, it's one of those things that you actually have to sit down and look at. Uh, I look at it more as a a guy who, um, you know, has no really, like, there's, of course, there's my girlfriend, but in terms of what happens to my stuff, what happens to my body, uh, what happens to, uh, like, everything, basically, when, when should the should something happen, right? Who's in charge? Who do they go to? How, how, worst of all, when would they find me? This is the worst thing, actually. To tell you the truth, that's probably the worst thing that could happen is that, you know, they don't find you for a couple days because, you know, if you're a horrible recluse anyway, and you're only uh, just around your part working from home now, oh, scary to think, scary to think. So check in on your people, see how they're doing, send them a message, um, Sometimes you don't get tomorrow. Uh, uh, for as uh, as simple as that is, it's a, it's a very sad. Uh, and so this, you know, I, one of the things that kind of has me thinking, and you know, mulls, you know, mulls over in my mind is mulling over in my mind. And uh, as I was mentioning, was it not yesterday? It was on Monday where I was talking about like in three years' time, five years' time, ten years' time. Uh, why am I doing all this stuff? And it's part of it is to for posterity. Uh, to leave something behind, uh, behind to to help other people as well. So if they want to learn what it's like to live in Beijing, this is what this podcast is a little bit about. Um, but uh, other things like in terms of just uh, having something else to do, uh, to to what else would you do with your time, right? I guess that's and I, I look at if he passed so early, so young, because he was working hard. He was working hard trying to pay down his mortgage and everything, uh, pay out, whatever it is, maybe it wasn't even a mortgage, mortgage. Just, you know, making money when the money was on the table, he was showing up to work, he had a good attitude, he was 
willing to go, right? And I think of it like he, he passed away so early, all that time he could have spent with his family, you know, with his kid, with his wife. So I think of the same thing here. Like I'm in China, here I'm working. I know a lot of foreigners in the same position where we're here, we're, we, re, we have relocated for the job opportunities, for the money. And yet someone passes away overseas, over there. You know, well, it's one thing for us to pass away. We are the ones who, got, who have removed ourselves from where we were, from where we grew up. You know, we become that distant, oh, yeah, I already moved to China. You know, oh, it's too bad. We're that, you know, but when someone else dies from over overseas and we're like, you know, had we stayed, you know, another three months, another week, another year, another two years, what's another two years out of 10, right? It's a long time. So, I mean, what are we working so hard for? What do, what don't we have that, uh, that we want right now? Or why can't we have it right now, basically? And, and what more do we need? So these are some of the questions that I'm asking. Because, you know, again, you know, working a lot, putting a lot of time in for the man, for the for the money, uh, for the job. Uh, it uh, You got to remember to take care of yourself too and spend the time with, you know, the, the people you care about, uh, the ones that you love. Uh, I say the people that you care about because, I mean, it can be a, lot, a broader range of people, I guess you could say. So, uh, and, you know, even as a business guy, you know, uh, as a teacher, you got to treat your clients right too, you know, because they might be going through the same thing. You could be the last conversation they have. Pay, 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 pay. It's one of the, it goes both ways, you know. If it's not your last day, it could be someone else's. And as sad as that is, that's that that's life. Very sad. Let's move on. Ukrainian class. How was it? So. I uh, had a yet another Ukrainian class. Uh, now this, I've booked, I don't know how many classes on italki over the last week or so. Uh, I basically, I was trying to use up a lot of the credits as well uh, because it does take WeChat money. Like it's it's linked to uh, WeChat Pay, so it's it's easy to pay for stuff that way, which is very good. Now, so I, I booked. Uh, what three Ukrainian teachers, three or four Chinese teachers? I think I have another two classes tomorrow. I'm not sure, but uh, today I had uh, a Chinese class, and then I had a, uh, a Ukrainian class at nine o'clock. And she was funny. She was she was actually very young lady, uh, still living in Ukraine. So that first of all, that was like I'm like, what? You're still there? And she was in Kharkov. Kharkov is one of the cities that got was getting bombed uh by the uh the uh, the the russians and uh i'm like well where are you living are you living by this neighborhood where i used to live and she's like uh no but i know that area and i'm like and she was she's like what what did you think of that area I'm like, well, i thought it was kind of gritty kind of dirty you know it had some it had it had a pride in its grit and she's like yeah that's that's one way to put it <laughs> it's uh, she knew of the area that i was living in um that I had lived in, and uh, it was uh, it was it was kind of neat to sort of you know jog through memory lane uh, for um, the time that I was living in Ukraine so many years ago. But it was only four months, and I've said before that I, I didn't really like being in Ukraine. I didn't like being in Kharkov because uh, it was primarily a Russian-speaking city. Uh, and she was actually saying that how a lot of the eastern part of uh, Ukraine is primarily Russian-speaking, Russian-speaking, right? 
And it kind of made me, when she was explaining it, in such a uh, nonchalant way, nonchalant way of, another thing she brought up is that there was a division that, uh, in terms of what people, uh, people's impressions within Ukraine itself, and I've heard this too, you go to the West, you speak Ukrainian. In the East, they speak Russian. And the people in the West typically kind of don't look, they, they judge the people in the East for speaking Russian. And, as she was saying, with the people who live in uh, Lvov, in uh, uh, Ternopil, in uh, Ivano-Frankivsk, she kind of judges them for how they judge the Easterners sort of thing like they because a lot of the people in the west think that ukraine's very unsafe it's a war-torn country um and she's like yes but she's living in a war zone like she lives there and she's still conducting class (laughs) why haven't you left she's like it's home that's where she is right again she's a young lady lives there with her mother so i don't know i mean I i was actually quite impressed that she was so um jovial or so she wasn't like a she wasn't depressed. Some of the other Ukrainian teachers I've had them as like, wow, yeah, this is a hard life, hard knock life here. That's what it is. Wow, really, really hits you, doesn't it? Um, but uh, so, but this one actually uh, for this lady, I am studying Ukrainian and not uh, the other Eastern Slavic language that I was studying. Um, so I, I, with this, it was kind of neat to to when she was speaking, I was understanding what she was saying. I couldn't speak the same though. Like I wasn't able to respond. I was messing my words up. Uh, all the inflected language portions, all botched. Just about every single one of them. Um, and it's certainly known as automatic as Chinese, which uh, again, that's something I'm going to work on for the, over the next six weeks. That's that's basically the goal is to make Ukrainian an automatic language. That comes out of my mouth, basically. I got to retrain myself, retrain my brain, retrain, retrain my vocabulary, retrain my mouth to speak those words. So uh, that's the goal, anyway. Uh, but uh, it was in her, before class. She uh, messaged me like, "If you have, if you have any questions or anything, just let me know." I'm like, okay, that's very nice of you. All right. So yes, how do I? What are some sites I can use to prep for this class? I, like, uh, and by that I mean like usually before. A class, I will start playing my target languages, music or radio. So, uh, if, if it's Chinese, uh, if it's Ukrainian, uh, if it's anything else, uh, even Latin, I will start playing that thirty to forty-five minutes before. Usually, actually, maybe even the hour run up until that class starts. Uh, just to get my brain thinking in that language and then start reviewing the, the uh, vocabulary uh, before uh, the, the class actually starts. And she's, she came back to me and she said, she gave me a bunch of resources, which, but they're in Ukrainian. They're not in Russian-speaking Ukrainian. Because like, what happens, Bego, I was talking about using this, this uh, live streaming app, Bego, one of the issues with it is that uh, although the uh, the girls, typically the girls, the people on Bego, they have the Ukrainian flag, but they're speaking Russian. And I don't want that. I want Ukrainian. I want a pure Ukrainian. And so she sent me a bunch of places that were pure Ukrainian. Um, we had a little talk about uh, family history, which for me is always very difficult to explain how it's like I'm second generation on this side and third generation on that side. 
because uh, explaining that in Ukrainian is more difficult than in English uh, because I don't know the terminology and I don't know how to properly convey the, the, uh, the idea that no, my dad wasn't born in Ukraine, he was born in Canada. And there is a difference. We are part of the diaspora, okay? And this is a, a word that's tossed around quite a bit too. It's the people who still maintain a connection to uh, the homeland, to the uh, ancestral land, to Ukraine, but we're born overseas. Or they emigrated many years ago sort of thing. So uh, very, very common phrase to use. And again, one of those things where like, you know, are you Ukrainian? Like, oh, so your family is I mean, Ukrainian heritage, Ukrainian ancestry, I guess. But I'm Canadian. I hold a Canadian passport and I speak English very well and it's done me very good. Would I trade it for a Ukrainian passport? No. Right. So things like that where there is a, a qualification uh, to be had. All right. So it was a good uh, class. Uh, I'm actually, she's, the whole thing, she's going to take a vacation next couple, next couple of weeks. So I think she's going to Poland for a couple of weeks. Uh, and, uh, so I guess we're going to have another class in a couple weeks time, uh, let her have some time off, which is fine because I got a bunch of other classes, uh, stacked up for next week. Not only that next week, last week of April, finishing up with uh, March motion. I've also, I have not been doing any animation, which, um, I've been doing I was doing animation for March motion, which, so I w- the idea was to sort of spill over into April and sort of continue on some of these things. But with May You Make Your Movie uh, starting up May 1st, um, I might only get one or two animations done. Uh, and then it's got to be the this this next project, the, the next final major project for uh, this creative season, as I've talked about before. Because then after that, that's June, July... I'm basically not in, China, not in China anymore. It's going to be my first international trip in a very long time. So we'll see how that uh, uh, that goes down. And i gotta, I got to pay attention to planning for it. This, this is not like a trip to Hong Kong where I can just come back, you know, within a three-hour flight or even a 10-hour train ride. This is like you're getting on a plane that's flying over an ocean. You're not going over a, la- a large landmass uh, first. It's not easy to turn around sort of thing. Of course you can. I mean, you can. If, let's be honest. You can land in Poland and go, ah, I really need that box of stuff. Let's fly back. If that box of stuff is worth $1,600, right? Folks, I'm going to leave it there. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Beijing is going to have another sandstorm. Yay! <laughs> when will it end? Folks, thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Show notes and tracks up on my website, stevensterski.com. We'll do this again. We'll talk again. Take care of yourselves. Have a good one. We'll talk again. Bye-bye.